Well, today we are continuing this uh, series of messages on Paul's letter to the church in Philippi, the Philippians. Before I preach and before I take a look at the text for today, I, I want to extend a personal invitation to all of you to attend this upcoming class that Don and I are preaching uh, during Lent. Um, I think this is a great book, Vanishing Grace by uh, Philip Yancey, which is who is one of my favorite authors. Uh, what I want to do is invite those of you who may not live in the East Bay, who have joined us digitally. Uh, We consider you part of our congregation and would love for you to join us. The beauty of this age is that uh, you can live in Alaska and uh, join us for a class down here in Piedmont. So today we uh, are in chapter 4, verses 4 through 7, and we are kind of coming to the end of the letter. And As he often does toward the end of his letters, Paul is uh, giving us a number of of exhortations which seem like they aren't related, but actually are. So listen to the word of God. I think you'll be encouraged by this message today. So Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, the peace of God, will guard, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. God, we pray that you would take these words from your scripture and the meditations of my heart, and I pray you would encourage us today with uh, this great passage, this great promise that we find in this passage. I pray especially for those who are dealing with, struggling with anxiety uh, in this very anxious time, that you would speak to them especially. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. My guess is that uh, this passage today really speaks to all of us. And it speaks to a need that all of us have, uh, a need for peace. I think it's one of the the yearnings that God has placed in our hearts, to have peace. And always we yearn for this, but especially in this time, I think all of us are somewhat struggling with anxiety. We are living in an anxious time, and there are many things for which to be worried. But Paul addresses this head-on in this passage today, and we come to these verses. Rejoice always, he says. Don't be anxious. Don't worry, in other words, about anything. Instead, pray. And the peace of God which transcends or passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, we read those words, and they sound a little too simplistic, don't they? Almost cliche for many of us. And I think we probably think to ourselves, Paul, you don't know what it's like to live in the United States in 2021. But Paul, again, as we've looked at so many times in this passage, He's going through a hard time. 
he's living in an anxious age as well, and he has every reason to be anxious. Let me just review him one more time. He's in prison, awaiting trial. He's uncertain about his future, whether he will ever be released from prison, or could he, and most likely he was, be executed. Could have easily worried a lot about his life's work, these churches that he has planted throughout the Mediterranean, because false teachers were coming behind him and undermining his work. And the people that he was writing the letter to, these folks in Philippi, also under tremendous stress. They live in a time when perhaps the most uh, cruel of all the Roman emperors, Nero, lived. Life was hard. Most in the early church, remember, were poor people, just barely making it from day to day, and lived a fairly precarious existence. Remember, this was a time before antibiotics or antiviral medication. Life was much more dangerous. So this is the situation in which Paul finds himself and the situation to which he is writing. And he says this. These words almost sound unrealistic. Rejoice always. And then to add emphasis, again, I'll say it again. Rejoice. Be gentle. Let your gentleness be evident to all. And really, that gentleness is a hard word to translate, but maybe one of the best translations is be mellow. Let your mellowness, in this age of anxiety, let your mellowness be known to all. Chill out. (laughs) Don't worry about anything. Don't be anxious. In this passage, I think Paul gives us some great advice about how to handle stress, how how to be a non-anxious presence in in an anxious world. And even beyond that, experience peace, even in the midst of very anxious times. These verses are pretty simple, but they're packed with insights, valuable insights. He really says three things. He tells us something, he tells us not to do something, he gives us something to do, and then he reminds us of a great promise, one of the great promises of Scripture. So let's unpack this. First thing he says, he tells us not to do something. Paul says, Do not be anxious about anything. Some translations say, do not worry about anything. The word that Paul used for anxious or worry is this Greek word, merimanao. And really it means this. It it means the kind of worry when you go over something in your head over and over and over again. It's like perseverate. Do not perseverate. Don't dwell on it. Paul's, I think of tossing and turning in the middle of the night, thinking about something over and over and over again. And Paul says, don't do that. You know, this isn't the only passage where uh, the scriptures deal with anxiety. Jesus talked about it right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. In chapter 6, he said, let me tell you this. Don't worry about your life, what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink or what you're going to wear, which are really the basics of life. Don't worry about those things. What good is worrying, Jesus says. 
It will not add a day to your life. Today has enough trouble of its own. So don't worry. Paul and Jesus really both say the same thing. Don't worry about anything. Big things, little things, personal things, global things. Don't worry about these things. And both of them say it's a waste of time. Instead, Paul says, and here is where he gives us something to do. He says, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. There's a lot in here, so let me again unpack this a little bit. Instead of worrying, Paul says, stop and connect with God and bring everything to God. Everything. Helmut Thielicke, the great German theologian, once said, there are sometimes limits to what we can say, but there are, never, there are no limits to what we can pray. You can bring all things to God. Take it all. Job problems, relational problems, health problems, financial struggles, kids, COVID-19. Take it all to God. Now, the order that Paul gives us in this verse, I think, is really important. He says, um, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. I think it's important. Because prayer is the first thing he says, by petition, by prayer and petition. You know, prayer is mostly listening, I believe. And so what Paul is saying here, I think, is stop. Take a deep breath and listen for the voice of God. Help, have God help you identify what's really going on in your heart. In times like this, where there is so many things that can cause us to be anxious, We sometimes have this overall feeling of anxiety and we're not sure what's going on. Well, stop and ask the Holy Spirit to help you identify what's actually going on inside. Stop, listen, connect. And then Paul says, and petition. Ask God to give you what you need. And then he says, with thanksgiving. Crucial. Sometimes we kind of pass over this in this verse. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Now, you're going to learn that over the months ahead that gratitude is key for me. And here's why I think with thanksgiving is so important. Gratitude puts everything in perspective. It clarifies. It helps us to focus on on God. It helps us to remember who God is. Uh, when we give thanks, we really uh, we put ourselves in a humble state, acknowledge that God is God and we aren't. Think about how this works. When you are attacked by anxiety, you pray, you petition, and then you thank God. And by thanking God, put things in perspective. God, I, I thank you that even though in the midst of this pandemic that I have a home. God, I thank you that I have food to eat. God, I thank you that that I have a job, if you're fortunate to have a job. God, I thank you that I have health care, that if I do get sick, God, I have good care. God, I thank you that you will be with me. 
because really what I'm anxious about is not so much dying, but dying alone. God, thank you that I am never alone, that you are always with me, that you are near. And God, I thank you that even if I do die, you hold even that in your hands, that you are in charge. God, I thank you. See how that changes things? Wow, gives us a whole different perspective. So Paul says, don't worry about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with gratitude, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And now is this great promise. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, it's interesting here that Paul isn't talking about peace with God, this peace that we get when we are made right with God, when we receive God's forgiveness and experience salvation. That is a great peace. But there's a different peace here. The peace of God is what Paul writes, the very nature of God. God is peace. And it is that peace which comes from knowing that God is with us, that the peace that comes from the presence of God. As verse 5 says, you know, the Lord is near. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Why? Because the Lord is near. You're not alone. Mellow out. Chill. Let things roll off your back. You're not alone. Let me ask you today, have you ever experienced this kind of peace? It's unlike any other peace. It transcends understanding. Jesus talked about it. He once said to his disciples, Peace I give you, not like the world gives, but I give to you. It's a peace like no other. We don't understand it. It passes transcends understanding. You know, I've, I've experienced this peace and I've been with people who have experienced peace, this peace. So many times when I'm with people in really rough situations, maybe in the hospital facing life-threatening illness or something else, you know what I often hear? I hear this. Steve, I don't understand it. This is a scary time, perhaps the scariest time of my life. And yet, in the midst of all this, I have this this peace, a peace that I've never experienced before, it transcends understanding. And Paul says that it is this peace, the very nature of God, which will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Now, there's a beautiful image in the Greek here. The verb for guard is a military term picturing God's peace as kind of a detachment of soldiers standing guard over a city so as to protect it from attack. God's peace, the very nature of God, is like this sentinel protecting our hearts from destructive worry, from anxiety. When anxiety attacks, and it feels like an attack sometimes, doesn't it? Peace guards our hearts and our minds. Someone else is protecting us. Someone else is our refuge and our strength. Prayer reminds us that someone else is in control. 
This is really the doctrine of the sovereignty of God. And as we have traveled through this book for a number of weeks now, as we've gone through this letter, it seems to me, if I had to point to one key that, that was uh, so important to Paul's ability to rise above circumstances, to have peace and joy in the midst of tumultuous times, this is it. The sovereignty of God. How does Paul do it? You know, one of my favorite authors is a guy named uh, Frederick Beekner. almost forgot his name for a second. <laughs> and he's a Presbyterian pastor and author, and he just has a great way of putting things. And this is what he says about the sovereignty of God. He says, when we as Presbyterians, and I would say when we as Christians walk out into the unknown, into the darkness of life, those scary places. And I love this. We can whistle in the dark. Not because we like the darkness or the unknown. Not because the circumstances of our lives always turn out the way we want them to. But because we know that God is beside us. And God is with us. And God is powerful. And I would add, and God is good. He continues, ultimately, even though we walk out into the unknown, we know that God will walk beside us and that God has power to use things, even the things that we see as evil for good. In its simplest form, he writes, this doctrine this doctrine of the sovereignty of God, reminds us that we were not in charge. God is in charge of it all. Paul knew this. And because he knew this, he was able to relax. He was able to have joy. He was able to experience this peace that transcends understanding because he knew that God is in charge. Friends, we can relax. We can mellow out. We can chill out. We can be free of anxiety. We can have this peace that passes all understanding. We can even whistle in the dark because the Lord is near. Amen. Will you please join me in prayer? God, we thank you for oh, these great verses. We thank you for this good advice to not worry or to be anxious. And we thank you for this great promise that the peace which transcends all understanding will guard, guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Lord, in this time of anxiety and, and even fear with so much going on, Lord, may we be non-anxious people. May you help us to do that, God. We need your help. May you help us to stop and to pause and remember who's in charge and who it is that we serve and who walks beside us. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.